my 30 minutes starts now. Okay, thank you. You are so generous. They gave me 36 minutes. I love that. The more you give me, the more I ask for. <laughs> Exodus chapter 15. I'm going to be in verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to jump to verse, verses 10 and 11. Praise God. Then sang, oh, then sang, sang. Americans, they sang. They don't say sang. He sang the song yesterday. No, he sang the song. He sang it. I like Nigerian English. We pronounce words the way they are written. S-A-N-G. Sang. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. They sang unto whom? And spake singing, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. Verse 2. The Lord is my strength and song. And he's become my salvation. He is my God. Somebody say he's my God. Say like you mean, is he your God? He's my God. And I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God, I will exalt him. Mark in your Bible, I will prepare him an habitation. The title of this message is preparing for the glory of his presence, part two. Preparing for the glory of his presence, part two. We are getting our hearts ready for what God is going to do this week. The Lord said he's going to come this week and he's coming big. And he's coming big for us and our lives will never be the same again. Can I have an amen? God gave Moses deliverance from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. And then he sang the song. Go to verse 11. He sang the song to the Lord. He said, who is like unto thee? O Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Do you know that song? You should know it. I told you last week, sing it in the night. You can also sing it in the morning. Wake up from your bed and say, who is like unto thee? You don't need a keyboard. With your groggy voice like mine. Oh, Lord, who is like unto thee? That's Taluda Bire. Oh, Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness and fearful in praises. Hey, it's okay. Do in wonders, hallelujah. He said, Among the gods, among the Obatala Obatosha, among the Shango Okoya, Shango Lukoso. Among the Ishwadara, Ishwarita, among the gods, Egypt was serving 2,000 gods. Moses was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. So he was raised in royalty, but he was also raised to know about the idols of Egypt. How many idols do we have in Nigeria? Egypt alone had 2,000. Moses saw it all. Ha! But 
But he came to the conclusion that among all these gods, who is like you? You are the only one that is glorious in holiness. All those gods are smelling. That's why when you bow down to smaller gods, you will smell. Have you ever seen clean babalawos? The original ones, not the Yahoo ones, the real babalawos, they smell. Because of the daily sacrifices they make, their houses are inhabited by demons, and demons are dirty. That's why those of you who are born again should not be living in dirty houses and dirty rooms. My wife knows me. <laughs> when I come into a dark place and dirty, I say, Odububilashi. Some people's rooms, when you get there, it's as dark as the dark. Why is your room dark? Child of God, you're a child of light. Moses saw it all. He said, Lord, you are the only one glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises. Doing wonders. You know what God did for them? We read it last week. We don't have time to read it today. As the Egyptians were pursuing them, God caused the waters to stand on both sides like walls. They had, man had never seen that before. That water would stand erected like a wall on both sides. And they walked through dry ground. The Egyptians were coming behind them and they were enjoying the largesse of the Israelites. Saying, hey, we too, we are walking on dry ground. They were, they were, they were galloping on their horses. They were, they were enjoying the ride from their chariots. God looked at them. He didn't speak a word. He only looked. Those of you who are serving smaller gods, may you, may you find grace and mercy this season. There is no God like our God. There is no God like Jehovah. The one that fights a battle without shooting a bullet. The one that was not voted in and cannot be voted out. Nobody voted him in and he cannot be impeached. He reigns forever and ever. Ah. There are certain ways you can eulogize God in your language. I can't say it in English. One woman so eulogized God. She said, Have you heard that before? One of my girls here, she sent me one when I was writing on my status. She said, That's the God we serve. When he comes to visit you, he will cater for you. You don't have such visitors. When visitors come, they eat what you have. Abi, God will come and bless you. He will come and prepare. White soup. He will prepare the kaikon. He will prepare ofeowere. Ofe Shala, Ofe Oha, Ofe Olubu. He will prepare a bula, Oshiki, for you, the one hosting him. Ah, what a blessing to host God. This message is to help us to prepare to host God this week. Are you going to be available to host God? Therefore, you need to prepare your heart. That's why Proverbs, I believe it's 18 or 16 verse 1 now says, the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. We need to prepare our heart. When God is coming, please prepare. If I am coming to your house, you will prepare. As small as I am. You don't want me to come to a smelly room. You buy air freshener, even if it's air weak. Even if you go and get mosquito coil, just change the order of the room. Because a man is coming. What if when God is coming? He has spoken and he doesn't lie. He said he's coming. He does not lie. 
Whether we receive him or not is our cup of coffee. This God does not lie. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he promised? Will he not make it good? Nothing that proceeds out of his mouth returns to him. He said in Psalm 89 verse 35, Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. First Samuel 15, 29. He said through Samuel to Saul, the backsliding king, he said the strength of Israel is not a man that he should lie. In the New Testament, Hebrews 6, 18. For by two immutable things with which it was impossible for God to lie. In Joshua 21, 45, they said all the things that God promised them, he has done them all. I want that scripture displayed. Joshua 21, 45. Joshua 21, 45. I want it displayed. Thank you. He said, they have failed not out of anything, any good thing which the Lord has spoken. How many of them failed? Come on, come on, talk to me. How many of them failed? Nothing failed. That the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel, he said, all came to pass. Everything God has spoken concerning your life, all will come to pass. Very weak, amen. I say, all will come to pass. Do you know what God has spoken concerning you? He has spoken good. Numbers 15 to 9. He has spoken good concerning you. First Kings, I think it's chapter 8 and verse 56 or 18 and 56. Give me that scripture also. When God speaks, it comes to pass. God is not like your friend who lies to you at will. First Kings 8, 56 or 18, 56. Give it to me quickly, quickly. Media, whoever is there, you have to be born again. I have little time this morning. If you take my time, I will take your time. 56, 8, 56, 8, 56, 1 Kings 8, 56, 1 Kings 8, 8, 8, oh, 56. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Blessed be the Lord that has given rest unto his people. He will give you rest in the name of Jesus. According to all that he promised. How many that he promised? Dear heart, not Failed how many words? One word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses. That's the God we serve. So when he looks at you and says, You are blessed, guess who you are? Okay, they know over here. Guess who you are? When he looks at you and says, You are highly favored, guess who you are? It's not about what you do or don't do, it's not about what you whether you merit or not. He has said it, it is done. Hebrews 8 16. 6.18 rather, 6.18 by two immutable things with which it was impossible for God to lie. Impossible for God to lie. God cannot. God does not. One, God cannot. Two. Two different things. A man cannot be pregnant. A normal man cannot. You don't have a womb. You have a tummy. And for the most part, most of us are having pot black pot sitting inside our tummy now as a result of continuous feeding from our mothers and in my own case from my wife take that in the morning take that in the afternoon take that in the... so a normal man cannot be pregnant God cannot lie if anything is wrong with this body and I'm told to run 100 tests. Now, by the way, nothing is wrong with my body. I went to the doctors uh, a few weeks ago in Lagos. And I ran all the tests. 
All the tests, all the tests, all the tests, all the tests, all the tests. I got the result before the doctor's result or before the doctor's report. I knew from Isaiah 53 and verse 5 that by stripes I'm already healed. Amen, praise God. And doctor's report came out and I'm 100% fine. Amen, praise God. No, it's good to do it. The moment you're over 40, just check. Now, you are not 40 yet, but even now you can check once in a while. Just check. Don't check out of fear. Check because you know you're good. Amen. Praise God. So, if you have been playing half match before, now you can play full match. And don't come back here being whipped by VB Church. All right. Praise God. I didn't throw shades, did I? Hebrews 6, 18, you got that already. Praise God. Now, Titus 1, 2. Titus 1, 2. Titus 1, 2. I'm deep is calling them to deep this morning. In hope of eternal salvation, that God, God, I feel like touching the screen, God, which cannot lie, doesn't have the ability to lie. A fish cannot fly. Is the pastor, what about dolphin? Dolphin jumps out of water, gets back. Can a dolphin fly from here to UI? What about here to a jaw? What about the ballon to Lagos? Never. It is not configured to fly. It is configured to swim. A normal dog does not, cannot bleat. A normal dog. What did you buy? In Yoruba language, it's called a molukutu. That has no English word. I'm giving you examples of cannot. Things that cannot happen. A normal woman cannot impregnate another woman. Things are happening in the world today, but you know, under normal circumstances. These are things you cannot do. Somebody said there's nothing God cannot do. Hey, I found things that God cannot do in the Bible. I found, number one, God cannot lie. Number two, I found God cannot fail. Amen. Praise God. All right. So quickly, in preparation for the to, to host the glory of His presence, I said two things are major hindrances. You remember if you were here last Sunday, what happened to my microphone? Number one hindrance will be what? If you were here last week, number one hindrance will be what? Satan. Satan. The name Satan means the resistor. He likes to resist us. You want to do something good, it will resist you. You want to fast, it will resist you. You want to pray, it will resist you. We will tell you, don't pray. Go and sleep. Now you kill Jesus. Hey, Jesus is not dead. Hallelujah. I spoke with him this morning. Praise God. And he told me to tell you that he's alive and well. Can I have an amen? amen? Satan will resist you. That's why some of you wonder, whenever you want to do something good in your life, that's when you meet opposition. When you're not doing anything, you're not going to school, you are not learning a trade. You are not embarking on a new project. You are fine. You are just on auto cruise, autopilot. But the moment you make up your mind and say, I want to advance. I, I need to get additional skills. I want to get in, uh, an additional certificate. I want to. I want. You meet with resistance. There is a spiritual force resisting you. His name is Satan. The resistor. Number two. Number two thing. Number two hindrance that we have when we want to host the presence of God because, you see, Satan will not allow you to host the presence of God. He knows that when God comes and he comes big for you, you are free forever. But they will try to discourage you before God comes. 
You've been waiting, waiting, waiting. You've been fasting, fasting, fasting. Why are you fasting? <laughs> I've been keeping myself, keeping my body for the Lord. Keeping, keeping. Why am I keeping it? Does it make any sense? What's the point? Being a virgin. Somebody wrote on Facebook, say virginity is not a virtue. It's only a lack of opportunity. Nice rhymes from the pit of hell. It is good to keep your body. And if you have lost it, you can, you can keep it again by being born again. Satan will resist you. Every attempt to serve God. Tomorrow now at 3.30, some people will come here. Some people, when they want to come, to come and do float, so that we can go out together and evangelize and invite people to convention, Satan will resist them. Say, don't go. You need to sleep. You have a deco. You have a deco. You need to, this time to rest, to observe your siesta. Somebody's resisting them. Number two is our flesh. Our flesh is a major, major, major hindrance many, many times. Now, is our flesh evil? No! Baby, your flesh is not evil. God wouldn't have given you an evil gift. God gave us this flesh so that we can live in this realm of existence. This is our earth suit. Like I'm wearing a suit this morning. Your body is the suit that you wear on earth. If you don't have this suit on earth, you're not permitted in the midst of living people. That's why demons always look for people to possess. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because they don't have a body. Listen to me, church, and listen real good. Deep, don't make a mistake. Demons are persons. They are persons. They have intelligence. But they are persons without bodies. So they look for persons with bodies to enter. They start by influencing you. Why don't you go to that site? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And then when you accommodate them, accommodate them, accommodate them, you are hosting them, then they will enter. Because they enter people. Are you with me this morning? They enter people. They possess people. You remember in Mark chapter 5, there was a guy there, they possessed him so much that the guy lost his mind. The madman of Gadara. He had how many demons? It was a legion. A legion, a legion in the Roman army is between 3,000 to 6,000 foot soldiers. They came together. That's a whole army barracks inside one man. That man can represent Nigeria in any battle. He can say, I am Nigerian army. One man, about 6,000 devils. That's to let you know the capacity of the body and the soul that God gave you and the spirit that God gave man. In the case of pigs, you know, when those animals, when those demons begged Jesus and they said, look, let us go into the pigs. And they went to the swine. 2,000 pigs. 6,000 devils went there. That must be three devils per pig. If all things have been equal. Not one pig survived. A pig couldn't carry a demon. They went into the ocean and they drowned there. Whereas one man was carrying them gallantly as a gallant officer. He was carrying them and I don't know how many years he carried them before Jesus came on the scene. Are you flowing with me this morning? 
And that's why he lost his mind. Because they were controlling his mind. He was naked. They would make him cut himself with stones. He was bleeding to death on a daily basis. He wasn't sleeping. He couldn't sleep. They took away his sleep. He had perpetual insomnia. He was always in the mountains and in the tombs. He was always crying until Jesus came. Your flesh is a major hindrance. On the day you want to fast, your flesh will say, I want to talk to me, church. I want to when you're supposed to stay awake, like the word of God is going on right now, you have danced, 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 in your... But the word is coming that will liberate you. The flesh will say, I want to sleep, 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 sleep. Flesh wants to sleep. You want to keep yourself holy. The flesh want to have sex. I want to do it, baby. Let me do you. I do you. You do me. God, no go vex. Oh, no. I want to walk in purity. I want to serve God. I'm not going to watch porn anymore in my life. Nah. I rebuke it. The flesh says, go, you better go there and see what they're doing. Now, we did that back in the day. We used to go for night browsing. And we knew those rascally boys who were watching porn. We came searching for scholarship. But because we had the scream coming from their computer, you move your chair and say, come on, guys. What Stop that. This is evil. Why are you watching? Why are you watching this? This that you're watching. Scroll up, scroll up. Because the flesh, the flesh wants it. Paul the apostle said in Romans 7, we read that last week, the things I don't want to do, my flesh want to do. The things my spirit hates to do, my flesh want to do. The things my spirit loves to do, my flesh hates to do. So I am just torn in between the two of them. So how do you overcome? I told us last week, you overcome. Maybe I didn't tell you. But I, I did make mention of something. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Can we go there quickly? Paul the apostle said, this is what I do. From verse 24, actually, but let's go to 27 because of my time. Paul said, I, I put my body under. I keep it right there. <laughs> so that after I have ministered, I have preached to others, I myself won't be a castaway. Check out young man, that young man for me. Is he sleeping? Peniel, the man, the man behind you. Glory be to God. Brothers in the spirit, man, receiving revelation. Hallelujah. Now, the, the, the flesh has to be kept under. Paul said, lest I myself should be a castaway. That means there is a possibility to be a preacher and go to hell. Hello? Was that what he was saying? And there is one thing that will take him there, the flesh. Canality leads nowhere but to hell, to damnation, to whatever. In so, so, I gave an example, an illustration. That our flesh is like our bulldog, or like your crazy dog, any of your crazy dogs. That runs out of the cage. If you keep dogs at home, then you know you have to be vigilant. Because there are times, especially when the dog is now big, there are times it can overpower the cage and come out. Now, so it doesn't bite your guests. 
as it comes out, you chase after it. Idiot. Idiot. You pull it by the, by the collar. He pulls you back, you pull it. He pulls you, you pull it. You pull it, 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 pull it. You open the cage, you throw it in, and you bolt it. Your flesh, my flesh, does that time and time again. That's why those of us who have been born again for a while, you know that there are still certain times when nobody's watching, when your flesh is craving for something. And every man has their own brand of lust. For some it is this. For some other person it is that. I know people who were delivered from smoking. Having been born again, they don't smoke anymore, but they go around smokers. You know what they do? To do partial smoking. To just sniff. With Bible in their hand. Senior pastor said he had to struggle with that. Our senior pastor. Now don't tell him the next time you see him. He got born again when he was in the University of Lagos. So he used to roll with the big boys. But then he got born again. And they would mock you. So he would keep his Bible on his way to the fellowship. Keep his, he would hide it. Because they say, hey, Alex, oh, SU, swag by union. Nobody likes anybody to laugh at them, all right? So while he was going to fellowship, he was still trying to catch the whiff of St. Maurice. Or maybe Benson and Hedges. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I never smoked in my life, but I was sent cigarette, cigarette, cigarette. So much so that I was looking, at, looking up to growing up so I could start smoking. Because, man, I must let you know, I enjoyed the aroma. I can't remember what that was. No, it wasn't Benz. I think it was St. Morris. It was that St. Morris. Just. Uh, uh. That is when your flesh escapes out of the cage. Baby, don't leave it out there. Tell your neighbor, say, don't leave it out there. Because it will put you in trouble. If your dog goes out of your compound and gets on the estate and bites an innocent person, you might end up in jail. You might end up in jail. It will put you in trouble. Or you might end up in some financial trouble. So you want to keep your dog in the cage. Let me tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, say, keep your dog in the cage. Don't you ever forget this illustration. It will help you. There are days when you'll be driving on the road and somebody will drive nonsense or write nonsense in front of you and you feel like parking the car and getting down. It happened to me, I think it was two days ago. We just finished fasting. We just finished praying. We were driving home. This man drove, he, he just stood in front of the, he just, he just caused commotion. I was pointing at him like this. Then one man got down from the car with a whip in his hand. No, a belt. Military belt. I said, very good. Very good. Beat him. Beat him. He's an idiot. So as the man ran towards him to give him one, it, it, it drove off. But he didn't leave completely. He just moved forward. So I was able to now move. Others were able to move. I now overtook him. I parked in front of him. I was about to put my car in park. My wife said, no, 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 pastor, no, pastor, no, pastor, no, pastor, no. That was my dog coming out of the cage. Honestly, at that time, I felt like jumping from the car. And some of you will be passing me and say, eh, PFE. <laughs> right from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven survived and the fire and take it by force. 
not by fleshly canal force. So there are times it happens. Somebody may insult you. You feel like insulting them times one million. You said I'm stupid. All right, now let me tell you the definition of stupidity. Stupidity is that time when an unlearned homo sapien like you wakes up from a bed ridden with bed bugs and then, oh God. By the time you are done with them, they'll be confused. You can so mesmerize somebody that you call them an individual and they start crying for calling them an individual because at that time they are so messed up they, they don't even know the meaning of individual anymore. You call me an individual. Individual indi, me, indi, individual. Ah, ah, come to church you. I mean, you look at someone and call them eh, me, I'm an idiot. All right, you are a miserable, two-legged idiot. See, there is nobody who doesn't know how to do those things. I say to people, look, the fact that you are a non-believer does not mean you have the monopoly of <laughs> insult. Some of us, back in the day, when we were still rascally, I used to sit down with my dictionary to actually manufacture some words. I came, I stumbled upon the word nincompoop. The short form of nincompoop is nini. N-I-N-N-Y. And we were gathering those words for the day of battle. The day they will be needed. As we gather them in English, we gather them in Yoruba. I grew up in a neighborhood where we, learned, we actually were trained about how to abuse verbally. You were ginger, your face, okay? Koko se bandubiru weary. I want you. It's a bumps. By the time you finish that song, the girl is crying. You start fighting. I grew up in that kind of environment. So it was a thing of joy for you to abuse me. <laughs> I was ready. But today I look at my son. The younger sister will sometimes, you know, get him offended. My son does not know how to use those words. When he's so upset, he will say, are you for real? Are you for real? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you serious? Ah, Matthew Fumi 20. We had those words. And we did take some pride in that. It was all the flesh, the flesh, the flesh. My coming to Christ introduced me to being born again, introduced me to a higher life. That notwithstanding, I don't want somebody to leave this service and go and, hung, or sorry, go and hang himself and go and commit suicide because you made a mistake. Okay, so something happened. You had to fight with someone or you traded with someone. Yeah, repent. If you have not repented up, to, up until now, please do repent. You are better than that. Understand that that's your dog 
that escaped from the cage. Don't leave it out there. Tell your neighbor, say, don't leave it out there. Go after it, grab it by the collar, and drag it back. Oh, hey, doctor, what do you call that thing? Do you call it collar? We call it collar. It's collar as well. Neck collar. Praise God. Drag it, put it back in the cage. But how do you drag it and put it back in the cage? That's where I'm going to stop. That's where I'm, I'm going to explain and then stop this morning. The Bible says you can do it by your strength. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. Romans 8 and verse 13. Can I have that on the screen? For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. He wrote this. Paul the apostle wrote this to Christians. Christians, if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. He said, but if you through the spirit, through whom? Come on, I can't hear you. Say it out loud. That's the Holy Spirit. If you, through the Holy Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So instead of me slapping that guy or releasing derogatory words, can you imagine me saying, Holy Spirit, please help me? Holy Spirit, please help me. I've clenched my fist. I am ready to throw punches. Holy Spirit, please help me. Guys, you will need this, especially guys. We don't know how to talk much unless we have been trained to talk. Naturally, we don't know how to talk much. Even with all that I said now, if I brought the ladies that we grew up together in the hood, they would remember more than I did remember, than I, than I did tell you now. If you give them five, they give you 15. So we can't control the flesh by the flesh. We must control the flesh by the spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm, I feel like removing somebody's teeth today. Now, guys, you know why I said you need it pretty much? Because the mouth of guys is in the muscle. What do I mean by that? A lady's mouth is in her mouth. She can curse out. If she's not born again, she can abuse you. If she's born again, but her dog escapes from the cage, you're in trouble. A wife can cut her husband into shreds. A wife, a woman, who allows her dog to escape from the cage can demoralize the husband such that he gets to office and he becomes unproductive. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He can, he can be a, a judge and he's sitting in the courtroom and he goes blank. I, I adjourn this case. You, you don't know. Sometimes they adjourn cases. You think it's just normal. Sometimes it's normal. Sometimes he's a man. He's a human being. And it could be a woman also that can be messed up. Your husband can mess you up. There are women who are living in cages today. Emotional cages erected by their husband. You can't be anything in life. I made a mistake for marrying you. Look at the way you are. In fact, you have no, no, no brain, no ideas, no concepts. In fact, you are a numbskull. You know what a numbskull is? N-U-M-S-K-U-L-L. Numbskull. Skull. Empty. Numbskull. And the woman can absorb that and believe that. Well, she's a numbskull. And she's struggling with that all her life. A woman can also turn that to a man and say, look at you. Is this the kind of car that all your mates are driving? No, 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 excuse me. What did you buy? That you, 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 you said, I should say thank you. A 20,000 year perfume? Your mates are buying perfume, what 200,000? And they're not shouting about it. 
Hello, excuse me, Mr. Husband, come back here. Are you the head or the figurehead? That man is going to drive to work that day like a crazy dog. Words are powerful. So you know what happens for the most part? Because men really don't know how to trade words. Most men, they trade it with the muscle. When you abuse him, tongue lash him, tongue lash him, tongue lash him, he will raise his hand and he might not want to do it. That's why we've seen cases on the internet now. I don't want to go into that. When we have pink and purple connect, we'll go into that. It's a two-way thing, you know. In some cases, it's just animalistic. Some men should actually be put in the prison and let them live there forever. Because they don't know how to live with other people. But again, go back to their upbringing. Go back to their upbringing. Why then are we born again? We should, by being born again, learn to allow the Holy Spirit empower our spirit to gain ascendancy over our flesh. Your flesh says she has abused you, slap her face, remove her teeth. I mean, the flesh can be screaming sometimes. I don't know about you, but sometimes my flesh screams. <laughs> Like I should kill somebody. Paul said if you live like that, you will die. This is not just physical death. It's spiritual death. How did I know? If you don't live like that, or you live like that, you will die physical death. So he didn't mean physical death. Spiritual death. If you live by the dictates of your flesh, everything your body tells you to do is what you do. He said you will die. What does it mean to die? You'll be separated from God. You'll be separated from God. You can't hear the voice of God anymore. Many Christians today are just walking corpses. When last did they hear from God? When the flesh tells you every time, go to your boyfriend's house, have some sex, have some sex, have some, or your girlfriend, call her, have some sex. And every time the flesh prompts for it, you do it. You know what you're doing? You are exercising your heart, your spirit in sin. Over time, your spirit man becomes insensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's a separation. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking or giving a warning, you don't hear anymore. I'll give you an example. The Bible says that the conscience of some people have been seared with hot iron. You know what that means? My mom of blessed memory. Okay, so by the way, today is a posthumous birthday. But I don't call it posthumous. It's a heavenly birthday. Praise God. I love my mama. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now, my mom was a typical African woman. I never saw my mom wear gloves to take pot from the fire. And we come from Ondo State, Nigeria, where the breakfast is pounded yam, lunch is pounded yam, dinner is pounded yam. We never get tired of it. I grew up seeing my mom carrying hot pot. Pot, not hot plate. Don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about the electric cooker you use in UI. No, hot pot from the stove. She'll put it down. Carry another one, put it there. She carried hot subjects, I'm sorry, hot objects so much. You know when you do that over time? The cells of your palm will die. They will become insensitive to heat and temperature. So you don't feel anything anymore. That's when you say it has become numb. N-U-M-B. 
Some people can put their hand on, they can rub their palm on hot objects, hot iron, hot pot, hot anything. Some people take hot coffee. That if you put in your mouth, it will burn your tongue. For three days, you are not seeing that. Some other person will come. Oh, go, 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 go. Is there? Ah! Do you have a cooler in your mouth? You know what has happened? They've done it repeatedly. Time and time and time again. So now they don't feel it anymore. When you have sinned as a child of God and you have made sin a lifestyle every Sunday, every Monday, every Wednesday, TGIF, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, T- Monday, Tuesday, Friday, sometimes Sunday, you do it, you do it, you do it, you do it, you do it over time, you will become numb to the leading of the Spirit. That was what Paul was saying there. That if you live after the flesh, if you, he didn't say if you fall into the flesh. When my dog escapes from the cage, I have not lived in the flesh. Maybe I have tripped into it, but I can get, my, I can get myself back. I can get my dog back. But if I leave the dog to start running riot, then I'm living in the flesh. He said, if you live like that, you'll die. I beg you, young people, we all have temptations in different areas of our lives. Your temptations may not be mine. Mine may not be yours. But everybody has something that easily trips them. The Bible says we should set aside, put aside the sin that doth so easily beset us. And that is in cooperation with our flesh. Can you give me Hebrews? Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Oh, no, Hebrews 12, 1. Hebrews 12, 1. 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Every what? Church, if you are with me, shout it out loud. And the sin which doth so easily beset us. The word beset, those of you that play football, you know beset. Let me tell you what it is. Look at me, everybody. When your opponent takes the ball from you and he wants to go and score, ah ah, ah ah, mole male gege bo mole konese. You go after the legs. You are not going after the football anymore. Pia. The next thing you know, his two legs are in the air and he lands. You have beset him. What is the sin that easily besets you? It may be different from mine. What is it? Watch. He said, let's lay it aside. And let us run with patience the race that is before us. So how then do we overcome this flesh? How then do we allow our spirit to gain dominant position? ascendancy over the flesh. Quickly, number one, I'll tell you three points. Number one, surrender your heart to Jesus. If you don't surrender your heart to King Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, you will never be able to overcome sin. You will never in your strength by your power. It's only a man that is in Christ that's a new creature. You may be going to church, singing in the choir. Your dad may be a pastor, your mom a lady evangelist, you are born in the mission house on a Sunday morning. That doesn't mean anything to the devil. Surrender your heart to Jesus. Tell him, Jesus, I want you to come in and empower me. He will empower you to live right. 
I have witnessed that in my life. I just told you a bit of my background. There were other vices I was exposed to as a little boy. All the fathers in my house where I grew up because it was a rented apartment, rented house. All the fathers smoked, well, maybe not all of them smoked, but most of them smoked. All of them drank alcohol. So we used to laugh at our fathers. So if you laugh at my daddy, don't worry, it's your turn today. It's my turn today. It's going to be your turn tomorrow. We've seen fathers fall into the gutters. So we grew up looking forward to becoming like that. Until Christ came into my heart and changed the narratives. Number two, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and pray often in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, pray always in the Spirit. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and pray always in the Spirit. See, God knows what you're battling with. God knows what you're struggling with. People might be judging you, but God knows your struggle. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Even your pastor might judge you, but God knows what you're struggling with. Open up to the Holy Ghost. Number three, number three, feed your spirit man. It is one thing to receive the spirit, it's another to feed your spirit man. Feed your spirit man. Feed your spirit man and take a personal stand against sin. Feed your spirit man and take a personal stand against sin. Two things I've said in one. The food for your spirit man is the word of God. Befriend your Bible, please. Read your Bible daily. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Every time you sit down with the Bible and you're, you're feeding on it, you're feeding your spirit man. Imagine feeding your body. How many times do you eat in a day? On a good day. On a good day. How many times do you eat in a day? Three times. Sometimes twice. Solid meals. How many times do you feed your spirit? Many Christians feed their flesh three hot meals a day, seven days a week. And they feed their spirit one cold snack a whole week. You won't grow like that. You'll be going back to that thing. You'll be crying and confessing, Lord, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do it. I don't want. I don't want. Lord, if I do it again, kill me. Uh, if you answered that prayer many years ago, my bones by now would have become dust. If God answered that prayer many, many years ago. God, if I go near, if I near that thing again, if I near him, strike me with whatever. Oh, God looks at you with mercy. He's not interested in the death of a sinner. But you need to feed your spirit man. If you feed him, he'll be strong. Scientists, listen to me, and you medical students, I don't understand the mystery behind my food being converted to energy. I don't know the science. But I do know that when I am hungry, most times I'm weak. Especially when I'm fasting. Do I have a witness in the house? Three days fasting. By day three, you are really very weak. But, when food comes and I devour the mountain of pounded yam and oshiki soup that has goat meat inside and some crayfish and some carefully sliced momo, the type that is very soft and the type that is a little hard, embellished in the 
Oshiki soup. And I wash it down with a bottle of Maltina or Fiber Life juice. And chilled water. By the time I stand up from that table, I am strong. Do I have a witness in the house? Did somebody say glory to God? What is the mystery? Scientists can explain. So food goes through maybe the process of metabolism and it is broken down into energy. Energy in the form of maybe glucose and then maybe ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And um, digestion takes place and the respiration takes place and there's a Krebs cycle and praise God. I'm just showing off a little bit of my, of my biology. But don't take me beyond that point. Praise God. Do you know what I'm talking about? How come that when we eat, we have energy? Debbie, can you explain? Anybody in the house? I mean, when you eat, energy just comes. You are, uh, uh, come, you abused me the other time. Come, wh what did you say? When you were hungry, so bye-bye. Because you are fasting for two days or three days or seven days. You are very humble. But when you now finish eating, you now remember, ah, somebody said, bye-bye. Say, come, come. You'll be the one looking for the person. Because now, energy has come. When you feed your spirit, energy comes. What is the food of the spirit? The word of God. The word of God. Someone say the word of God. Now, as you do that, take a personal stand against sin. The challenge with our Christianity today is that many people are not willing to take a stand. You need to take a stand. Ladies, take a stand. Guys, take a stand. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. It might be a brother in church that is tempting you. Don't compromise. It might be a sister in church that is tempting you. Don't compromise. Take a stand. If you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. I give you scriptures. Write it down. And then I close. First Corinthians 6. Is my time up? Oh my God, I just looked up now. Wow. Okay, so write First Corinthians 6, 13. And say with me, my body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. Second Thessalonians 4, 3. I don't know the will of God for my life, Pastor. I don't know the will of God. Second Thessalonians, not Second Samuel. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians 4.3. Somebody wants to know the will of God. The will of God is that you keep your body and abstain from fornication. 4.3. Chapter 4 and verse 3. Oh, did I say 2 Thessalonians? I meant 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 4.3. 1 Thessalonians 4.3. 1 Thessalonians 4.3. Read it out, everybody. One, two, go. Even your... Sanctification is a big word. What does it mean? That you should abstain from what? What does it mean to abstain? Absent. Be absent from the stain of fornication. I taught use of English for over 10 years, so I can tell you that. Fornication brings stain. When people hear about it, that somebody, somebody did something to you in your school, and it gets to church because the devil will ensure it gets to church. It becomes a stain, a stain 
The Bible says abstain from fornication. Don't stay there and pray in the Holy Ghost. Ah, sister, you are naked before me. Larabados. Keshadaba. Ah, sister, you remove your gown. Ah, Labada. Lambrodo. Don't Lambrodo anything. Flee. Tell your neighbor, say flee. He's removing his belt before you. Brother. Oh, Maori, 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 Billy Star. Somebody tell your neighbor, say flee. Run. Run for your dear life. He that fights and runs away lives to fight another day. If you stay there, you will do it. And after doing it, you will cry. And you say, go have mercy, have mercy, but you won't grow. You will have mercy, but you stay there. The will of God is your sanctification. How can I be sure I'm going to win this battle? How can I be sure that my spirit man can win over my flesh? Because he won. Amen? Amen. Did you hear me? I said because he won. He won over sin. He won over sickness. He won over disease. He won over poverty. Jesus won over lack. And you will win over everything that Jesus won over. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have a better amen? amen? He won. I'll give you one scripture. I have five. But I'll give you one, I might give you two and three, and then I stop. First Corinthians 15, go to verse 12. First Corinthians 15, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that he, come on now, that there is no resurrection of the dead? Next verse. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ no reason. Yeah? And if Christ be not risen, then is your preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Let me ask you, church, did Christ rise from the dead? Will you also rise from the dead? Did Christ triumph over sin? Will you also triumph over sin? How will I know that I can be a Christian whose spirit man is so strong, it dictates to the soul what to think, and the soul dictates to the body what to do. How can I be that kind of Christian? I know it is possible because Jesus won, so I will win. Can I have an amen to that? He set us an example. He was tempted in every way, yet without sin. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Don't allow your body control your soul, which in turn will control your spirit. Allow your spirit control your soul, which in turn controls your body. The, soul, the spirit downloads from the Holy Spirit. The, then the spirit tells the soul what to think. Then the thinking faculty tells the body what to do. The body can go, hey, I'm hungry. The mind will tell the body, shut up, we're fasting. Because the mind has been renewed by the word of God coming from the spirit. This is what it means to live a spirit-controlled life. Ah, pastor, I'm sorry I did it. I, it was because I didn't have a choice. Shut up! You have a choice in every situation. Whether to listen to the voice of your spirit or the voice of your flesh. The voice of your spirit is conscience. The voice of your soul is reason or reasoning. The voice of your flesh is feelings. 
So when people define love based on feelings, they are talking about carnal love, fleshly love. What is love? Love is the feeling you feel. When you feel a kind of feeling you have never felt before. Every time I see that girl, Demi Blanche, just her name alone makes me, makes my body do gri gri gri. Now, that is not your spirit talking. That is your flesh. Because you are talking from your feelings. Ah! Oh, more. Oh, more. Oh, 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 La hot. And hell, hell, hell is very hot. When you are a guy and you see a lady and the first thing that comes to your mind is how to have sex with her or imagining that you are having sex with her, voyeurism, it's a sign that your soul is sick, which is a sign that your spirit man is weak. Now, don't go and commit suicide. Get into the presence of God. Come to dunamis. Get to the presence of God. Worship him. Pray in the spirit. Get into the word. Do it daily. Your spirit man will become, will be getting stronger. All of a sudden, you discover that you see the same person again. But that feeling is reduced. And as you spend more time in the presence of God, you are getting better on the inside. The same thing that used to trip you, won't trip you anymore. Many have married today based on feelings. And many marriages have crashed because they were built on the foundation of feelings, not love from the Spirit. Not agape. It's just the shape. If I see the shape, the shape of that girl, she now has k leg. Yeah! My weakness is any lady that has k leg. Some guys, their weakness is bow legs. See, when I see bow legs, ah, it's my life. And ladies too. See, uh, any guy that has a broad chest like this, oh more, oh more. I heard of a lady. They said she must not see the singlet of a guy. Singlet. A, a married man, a mature man, told me, born again. Said that lady, he knows her. She must not sight the singlet of a man like pastor singlet. Now let's let's cover it. She she will be all messed up, all messed up. Now. You know that when you stay too long in the flesh, the spirit dimension will catch up with you. So demons take over these things. That's why they can't control themselves anymore. There are people who cannot but have sex daily. It has to happen. Anybody, any idiot. Because the spirit dimension has caught up with them. And you see, the guys who are sleeping with them are very happy. Oh my, chief, that lady is chief. Oh boy. Oh, my ah. Yeah, how many times you don't go? Uh, me, only twice. Kel, kel. Okay. What about you? Kel. What about you? Kel, kel, kel. What about you? Ah! You know what has happened? They allowed the flesh to dominate them. Listen, don't laugh. Any of us can get that way if we are not careful to take care of our spirit man. To be very close to the word of God and feed your spirit. Your spirit is what feeds you. Feed what feeds you. Let me tell you something. And I close here. Every time I feed my spirit well, 
and things are really going good in my fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. It affects my finances. Positively. It affects my joy. It affects my peace. It affects my boldness. Positively. It impacts them. I will not hustle. Money will come. Jobs come. Gifts come. Without sweating. It is your spirit that feeds you. So feed what feeds you. Guys, you don't have money problems. You have faith problem. Faith is of the spirit. Romans 10.10, for with the heart, the spirit, not the one pumping blood, not pulmonary artery, pulmonary vein, the heart, the spirit, it is with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Deborah, you want to turn around in that business? Go spiritual. Tosin, you want your customer base to increase? You want more people bringing in, I mean, good contracts? Go spiritual. Spend time with God. Feed your spirit man. Get scriptures that cover your business success. Fellowship with God. Hear what he wants you to do. Don't just look for money. Look for God. All these things will chase you down. You will have more jobs than you can handle. You will start giving jobs to your colleagues. I give jobs to people. I can't be in three places at a time. Many people don't know this secret. They are busy chasing men. Chasing contracts. Chasing connections. Flying from Abuja to Singapore. One le 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 one bar. Ask many of our parents. They chased and chased and chased money till they died. And never caught up with money. You can't catch up with what is designed to chase you. You are chasing what is chasing you. Surely goodness and mercy will not be in your front. They will follow you. All the days of your life. You are now chasing goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. No, chase Jesus. And then goodness and mercy will come. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all. How many of these things? All of them, including good clothes, good shoes to wear. They will come. Does God know your shoe size? Do you know God can buy for you the kind of shoes that you cannot afford? God can build you a house that you can't afford. God can give you the kind of education that your parents cannot afford. He's done it for people in this church and he will, he will do more. Can I have an Amen. Ah, I'm from the ghetto. My parent, my daddy is a photographer. My mommy is a paper seller. Shut up! That doesn't matter. Your background does not matter. It should never limit you. Your mommy may be a road paper seller like mine. God is taking me nations where people in my family have never been. And he's making me a paper setter. So I'm bringing other people along with me. God, only God. I make bold to say God is not enough. God is more than enough. Stand on your feet and go home.